Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. That stream of migrants into the U.S. Horses really running over people being strapped. It's outrageous. It was bad and it shocked me. Our administration to have horses chasing down black people. We're going to pass the bill this week. Infrastructure. This is a uh, economic and political crisis of the Democrats' own making. I'm optimistic about this week. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So Joe Biden is optimistic about this week. That's uh, interesting. We've got some uh, stories about Joe and uh, doesn't sound like he ought to be overly optimistic. The uh, infrastructure package, apparently uh, they pushed it back till today. Then they pushed it back to Thursday. Now they're saying eh, maybe it's next week that we'll vote for it. So I don't know what he's optimistic about. I did hear I did hear a little bit of Joe's press conference today, or President Biden's press conference. Excuse me. Um, and um, to quote Donald Trump, I think he might have got a shot in the rear end this weekend because he seemed a little bit more alert for for President Biden. Well, he did get a shot today. Well, I, supposedly. Yeah. Now they jabbed him with his uh, Pfizer booster shot. I, I would love to know. I, we'll, we'll never find out. Well, maybe we will. Maybe one day, 20 years from now. Come on, man. I won't be around probably by then. But uh, <laughs> maybe we'll find out whether or not there was anything inside that syringe. Yeah. I, 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 look, if I was to place a bet right now, and I would take some long shot odds, there was nothing in there that had to do with <laughs> the Pfizer booster. I mean, listen, the, the president <clears throat> of the United States... And again, Pfizer and uh, the uh, what's what's the gal's name? Head of CDC. Um, she she basically pushed it through. Walensky on Friday, Centers for Disease Control Director Rochelle Lewinsky Walensky um, broke from her peer recommendations and announced that if you're over 65, we're recommending the Pfizer booster. And again, she was in the minority. The majority said, no, don't do it. <clears throat> yeah, and, and now you're going to give it to the president of the United States? Come on. No, there's no way. You, you follow the experts until it doesn't fit your whatever you've already. I mean, because what, two weeks earlier, they you know, were pushing the booster and, yeah. and then kind of got the surprise by the, uh, what, 16 to 2 vote or whatever it was. I mean, again, this just does not make any sense. So if you're over 65, now, I, th- their logic is, well, if you're over 65 and you got COVID, there's probably a greater risk that you would perish from COVID. But at the same time, if this booster is so good and you were, you know, between the ages of 18 to 65, why wouldn't you give it to them, too? They're only recommending it for those at 65. Well, if it's not good for somebody that's 25... How can it be? And I guess I know it's the it's the risk reward ratio that they're trying to figure out. But if it's if it's that questionable and the majority of the CDC said don't do it. Do you really think they gave it to Joe Biden? I, I well, unless they're ready to get rid of Joe and bring in Kamala. That's a point. Yeah, I, I do not. There's no way they gave him the real deal. I honestly think he might have already had the booster. <clears throat> Because, you know, you think about think about what would happen now if Joe Biden tested positive for COVID. 
with, you know, he, he's well, con- think about what would happen if he if something severely wrong happened to him from taking the booster. Well, you never know it. Yeah. No, you would never know. No. it. You wouldn't know it if he had COVID unless he was on his deathbed. If he tests positive for COVID, they will keep it under wraps. I guarantee it. Anyway, speaking of wraps. Um, they, yeah. Rappers. It's <laughs> a good segue. Um, this is rather interesting. So we come into the studio this afternoon, and uh, Benny and I are looking at one another and saying, okay, who's this guy, R. Kelly? <laughs> Robert Sylvester Kelly. I, I, He's a singer-songwriter. Rhythm, a record rhythm, now, now, Clark, <laughs> is he rhythm and blues as in, like, Motown, or is he straight R&B, rapper? R&B. R&B. What does, a little bit of what does that mean? R&B, rhythm and blues. There you go. Yeah, but, I mean, is it rap, or is it rhythm and blues? I mean, I, It's supposed I, to be, like, slow music. I, you know? I think of R&B, uh, you think of, like, Fats Domino or somebody like that. I mean, but... Fair enough. But so, <laughs> but he's more of a rapper. I uh, yeah, we can, we can say that. Well, uh, the rapper is uh, going to be serving some time. He's done some pretty bad stuff. Uh, he has done some unbelievably bad stuff. And if you've been following the news, and I have heard bits and pieces about this guy in the news for the last, I don't know, year, 18 months. Uh, maybe he's gone on longer than that. But he has been found guilty by a, a jury. I think it was a majority of men. And uh, it's in, in, in the story somewhere. But anyway, he, he's been found guilty on nine counts of racketeering and sex trafficking cases. Uh, they had just announced it a few minutes ago. The U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York confirmed the uh, conviction of Twitter, on Twitter rather, of R. Kelly being convicted of racketeering by a federal jury in Brooklyn. R. Kelly found guilty on all counts that later uh, uh, released. Deliberations first began on Friday, so it didn't take them long. Uh, they were at a federal court in Brooklyn, seven men, five women. They took the w- weekend off. The singer, 54, was facing one count of racketeering, including f- uh, 14 underlying acts of sexual exploitation of a child, kidnapping, bribery, sex trafficking charges. Charges went back more than two decades. Kelly was also charged with eight violations of the Mann Act, which makes it illegal to transport anyone across state lines for immoral purposes. Mm. The charges were based on an argument that the entourage of managers and aides who helped the singer meet girls, then keep them obedient and quiet, amounted to a criminal enterprise. Several witnesses gave explosive testimony in the trial, most of them laying out how Kelly subjected them to perverse and sadistic Yes, sadistic whims when they were underage. He has denied any wrongdoing. Kelly believed the music, the fame, and the celebrity allowed him to do whatever he wanted. U.S. Attorney uh, Natita Shahada said in federal court. Um, this guy was just sick, though. Uh, I mean, there were times where he would force young people, mostly young women, Although I, it sounds like he was a, a little weird um, to do all kinds of perverse things. Sometimes, now there was no one that said they, he held a gun to their head, but he had his pistol sitting right next to the him hmm. um, while he was demanding perverse sexual acts to be done on him. So he was the Epstein, I guess. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And apparently this had gone on for a long time. So now he will uh, be 
spending time in jail for a long time. I'm actually looking at this. I, I recognize one of his songs. I believe I can fly from the Space Jam movie back in the '90s. He was singer songwriter for Sorry, that. Sorry, crickets. Sorry. Space Jam was the uh, Michael Jordan movie and Bugs Bunny. Come on, Clark. You ought to be able to fire Space up. Jam, I believe wasn't I can that Bugs fly. Bunny and Michael Jordan? Uh, yeah. I no. believe I can fly. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I don't want to give this guy any notoriety. Oh, no, no, no. No, don't play it. Mm. Don't play it. This guy's a turd. Yeah, he he's... Can I say turd on the air without being believed? This guy's a turd. Sorry, he is. So that's and, and, by the, and, oh, and by the way, <laughs> at one point to punish someone that were, was getting out of line, he took feces and rubbed it on this person's face. Oh, my goodness. So this guy is... Uh, no. Mm. Never, ever play anything by this guy on our program, ever. Um, the uh, emperor of North Carolina, Governor Roy Cooper, to no one's surprise, in fact, when we first reported on the story, I think we said, oh, he'll, he'll uh, veto this. Uh, Roy Cooper has vetoed a bill designed to block the state attorney general from entering collusive lawsuit settlements. Cooper's 11th veto this year, 64th since he took office in 2017. Now, we haven't had vetoes in this state going all the way back, but we have had them for 26 years, mm-hmm. back in 95. Uh, you know, people are now probably regretting that uh, they granted the governor veto power. It was approved by voters as an amendment to the Constitution in November of 95. Um, and... Uh, you know, it used to be the governor was pretty much toothless. Yeah. That it was the legislature that decided everything. Interesting, now that the uh, Republicans are finally in charge, we've given the governor, they've given the governor some power, some veto power. Um, Purdue had 20 vetoes, Mike Easley, nine, Pat McCrory, six, Jim Hunt never vetoed anything. Now, he was halfway through his uh, second term when he got that power, but never really vetoed anything. Uh, anyway, we talked about this bill after it passed the House and the Senate. And by the way, it passed right along party lines. So if they could override the veto, they would need to bring some Democrats over. Uh, Cooper said this bill is unconstitutional, unwise, would prevent the attorney general from doing his job to protect the people of North Carolina. Now, if you remember, this was Senate Bill 360. They came up with this bill because last year, when we were going into the election, some after the election process had started. Yeah, voting, uh, voting had started. Yeah, vote, yeah, early voting had already started. Mm-hmm. Stein gets together with the democratically controlled state board of elections and uh, decided that they would extend how long people, I, I believe it was just an extension of how long people could and absentee and, vote. And also witnesses. Uh, yeah, and they eliminated witnesses. Mm-hmm. Now, this was after the state legislature had passed laws for that upcoming election, well before the election process had started, and Governor Cooper had actually signed those laws. So it was fait accompli. There was not, there was, you, you don't go back and undo that. He had no right to go back and undo that. So anyway, that is what this bill was all about. Well, that, let me put it this way. That is what got this bill started. So now they're saying the attorney general cannot go out and come up with these rogue lawsuit agreements without the okay of the of the legislature, that they can't go out and have a, law, a lawsuit settlement that would undermine state law. Um, but um, nonetheless, Cooper uh, vetoed it, and uh, 
you know, he was talking about how, okay, this would take, this, this would not allow the attorney general to represent the people of North Carolina, <laughs> which is, a, I mean, now let's stop and think about this. So the people of North Carolina elect their representatives. The representatives go to Raleigh and they pass law. Uh, the governor signs the law. So it is the law of North Carolina. You have one individual, the attorney general, going to a state board that's controlled by the Democrats because we have a Democrat governor, and he usurps the state law. And yet Cooper comes out and says, well, if we pass this, then Stein couldn't represent the people of North Carolina. I think that's called a crock. Yeah. It's the job of the attorney general to represent the people of North Carolina. but the, And the to, laws of North Carolina. But yet, number one, he's an advocate for the law. Even, even if the law um, se- seems, I mean, the law is the law. It, and it, he doesn't have a choice in it. And he has already on, what was the other issue that he just said, I refuse to represent uh, and, and the North Carolina legislature. Oh, that was very recently. Yeah, the uh, North Carolina uh, le- mm-hmm. legislature had to go out and hire their own attorneys. Yep, sure did. Uh, I forget what that was. But, you know, the, the attorney general, though, even if he feels that the majority of people in North Carolina don't like law, that's not the way laws get right. changed based on mob rule. Exactly. He, just should, he should be an advocate for the law, number one, not the fact that he thinks, well, we all know why he did it. The Democrat Party told him to do it. Just like Mark Elias went yep. to several other states in the United States. Bingo. But will the News Observer talk about that as a reason? Oh. Well, it was interesting. The News and Observer's headline on this story. Now, I was just reading from the Carolina Journal what I've just read. But the, the way they frame it in their headline, North Carolina governor blocks GOP attempt to transfer powers from executive branch, a.k.a. the governors, to the legislature. Well, the attorney general does not work for the governor. No. (laughs) They're just asking to follow the law that's on the books that is uh, enacted and signed by a Democrat governor. Right. I mean, that's it's just amazing. Which follows the state constitution. Follow the constitution. Which the attorney general is supposed to uphold and defend. But it was all based on the DNC. It was DNC rules. Oh, absolutely. Lots more to talk about. 561-8255. If you want to join in the conversation, stay with us. More news and views coming up. This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. It is September the 27th. It's also National No Excuses Day. I wonder what Joe feels about that. Come on, man. No Excuses Day. National No Excuses Day. It's also National Chocolate Milk Day. Mm. Sounds good to me. I'll drink to that. Unless you're lactose intolerant. It is September the 27th. Sam Adams' birthday. Born on this day in 1722. The man many call America's greatest patriot. Faith in God and the virtue it produced was to him the country's greatest bulwark quote from him. This is interesting, and, and, and this is true, and it, it's never been more true than it is today. San, Sam Adams said, Samuel Adams said, while the people are virtuous, they cannot be subdued. But when they lose their virtue, they will be ready to surrender their liberties to the first external or internal invader. 
but if virtue and knowledge are diffused among the people, they will never be enslaved. They will, that will be their great security. That is a great statement, and unfortunately it's uh, true. While the people are virtuous, they cannot be subdued, but once they lose their virtue, they will be ready to surrender their liberties to the first external or internal invader. And boy, are we seeing that. Yes, never truer right now. Take a look at your weather forecast. It is going to be nice all week long tonight. Clear, low around 61. Sunshine for Tuesday with a high around 88. Tomorrow night, more of the same. Clear around 64. Wednesday, sunny, high near 83. So uh, enjoy the weather while we've got it. The leaves are starting to fall. I think the leaves are falling more for the dryness than they are for the temperature. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty dry temperature. last month. So did you have a fire in the fire pit this week? Oh, absolutely. Saturday night. Yeah. yeah, We had one. My wife and I sat out by the fire pit last night. Beautiful stars out, too. Wow. It was a, a nice weekend. Carolina Journal. Donna King wrote an interesting article. Uh, you sent this to me earlier today, and you, in your comments, said, you know what? This happened at UNCW, but... It's happening at state universities, whether it be ECU, NC State, UNC, UNC, Asheville. It's happening at state universities all across our state, all across the nation, unfortunately. Donna King writes, describing a culture of silencing conservative voices at UNCW, one trustee was driven to quit last week with an openly critical post of Seahawk Nation on Facebook. Former UNCW Board of Trustee member Woody Wood revealed that what he sees as a troubling trend in the treatment of conservative faculty and students, quote, like too many other American universities, it punishes conservative voices by looking the other way, by perpetrating the double standard, by knowing that thousands of students engage in self-censorship, but not but doing nothing about it, White wrote. Uh, Woody White, I, th- I think, I, I remember, he, now he's been in the state legislature, but I believe he ran uh, in the primary against uh, David Rouser. I think for that so. congressional mm-hmm. seat because I, yeah. I remember interviewing Woody uh, a few years back when uh, he was running for that. That was the new district that kind of came up this yeah. way a little bit. Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, Friday, September the twenty fourth, UNCW Chancellor Jose Sartelli also resigned. Those associated with the university have said that the resignation was already planned, but criticism of the university leadership has come in the wake of conservative professor Mike Adams' suicide last year and later the online calls for violence against Republicans from a professor who was allowed to retain his position on the faculty. So this really comes out, and uh, the, the reason why, according to this article, that Woody Wood had just said, I've had enough, although he does say in this article he hasn't given up completely on UNCW, but it was, it was trying enough that he said, you know what, I've, I've got to resign from this. But it really comes from the double standard. You had Mike Adams, a sociology professor, very conservative. He was forced to resign in 2020. Uh, He did end up winning a $700,000 lawsuit settlement from the university a few years back after they denied him a uh, promotion. And and basically, it it was very obvious. I can't remember if the—I believe the university pretty much came out and said because of his outspoken comments— on uh, he actually was a published columnist in some publications, uh, so they ended up having to settle with him for seven hundred thousand dollars. Never really had a reason as to why Mike Adams ended up taking his own life, but uh, he did commit suicide. But there was a lot of pressure on Mike Adams. Uh, I mean, he was constantly under the microscope. I don't mm-hmm. know if he finally just broke and said, "You know what? I've had it." 
But as uh, Woody Wood says, there was another UNC associate professor, a guy named Dan Johnson, who posted on his Facebook page. And this was just prior to Mike Adams taking his own life. I think Mike Adams took his own life uh, in August of 2020. That sounds right. Uh, He took his own life a week before his August 2020 retirement date. Earlier that summer, this guy Dan Johnson posted on his Facebook page, blow up Republicans. (laughs) Haley Davis, a former student of Johnson's, told Campus Reform that she thought UNCW's handling of Johnson's case indicated the double standard. Putting away any personal political preference aside, I think this matter should be addressed and dealt with in the same manner that it would be if the word Republican was replaced with any other word. If the post stated, blow up women, blow up homosexuals, blow up Catholics, Davis said it would be an entirely different story. Uh, Dan Johnson got a letter of reprimand, mm-hmm. and that was it. And uh, Woody Wood, or Woody White, rather, did I call him Woody Wood earlier? I had a whole friend named Woody Wood. <laughs> Woody White, um, he just said, I'm, I'm sick of the double standard. Well, you know, the university community, just, just about anywhere, higher education, like to stand on what they you know proclaim to be self-righteous moral high ground of free and independent thought but it's it's only if it's independent thought that they agree with or the wokeness of the day i mean you see it all the time where conservatives or people that are not liberal or not progressive i I mean maybe not even call them conservatives even libertarians i mean they can't get a gig on campus Mm. to speak anywhere they'll be banned yep and it's just uh, that's that's exactly what White, White wrote. Mm-hmm. He said, free speech is tolerated, even celebrated, when it condemns conservative thought and speech. When it goes the other way, conservatives are shamed, canceled, and bullied. Yeah, I mean, and I would say not just conservative, anything other than progressive liberal yeah. speech. Because, you know, there's yeah. a lot of libertarians are not necessarily conservative. They're just very, uh, they're just very uh, I mean, I guess you could say they're more classical liberal in that they believe in the individual well that's not that's not what it's about on the campus now you you agree with what their thought and their opinion yep. about every issue is when they, or you're the problem when they say jump you're supposed to say and, how high on the way up and it's no different than on the campus in this town well uh, yeah that's what we just said you know I mean, uh, uncw is you know it's probably very very typical and you and you're they're going to lose Good and, and I've, I've actually personally seen it. The universities all across the state are going to lose good board members that are there because they love the universities. They put their time, treasure, and talents in there, but they're they're, they're tired of it. And you're going to see more of this. Well, I mean, I you know, I, I, I liked the University of Maryland where I graduated from. They call me up all the time. Hey, how about contributing? I said, <laughs> uh, remember ma'am? us? We yeah. love you. Oh yeah, and it's just like. Folks, you know, I appreciate the education. Um, that was a long, long time ago. But there's a lot of other things I would give to before I give to you. So just saying. Um, but, yeah, University of Maryland, UNCW, U- ECU, it's uh, y- y- your, your choice. They play the same game just about at every just about every state university. And yeah, if, if there's yeah. one that's not doing it, they're the exception rather than the rule. The, cam- the campuses, I mean, the, the, the progressive have played the long game, starting with higher education. Now they've gone to secondary education, and they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> the long game is winning. 
Fox News is uh, reporting, as I mentioned earlier, the timeline for the House vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill keeps getting delayed. It was scheduled for today. Then it was supposed to be Thursday. Now Biden has indicated it could end up getting pushed even into next week amid the speculation that Democrats don't have enough votes to pass the $1.2 trillion bill uh, before the $3.5 trillion spending package that progressives want alongside of it. And, of course, this is how Nancy wanted to do it. Uh, She had to have them both. But, uh, you know, I really do think it has gotten to the point that there are not philosophical moderates, but there are Democrats out there that are becoming moderate because they see the handwriting on the wall that 2022 is going to be a bloodbath for Democrats even though it's more than a year away, they realize uh, if I want to keep my job, I better do everything I can do to keep it. Is there enough of them that would come over and vote against this infrastructure bill to allow it to uh, not go through, to keep it from going through? Even uh, CNN, Town Hall's reporting on CNN and Joe Biden's abysmal numbers and just saying, you know what? The only thing that Joe has got going for him right now is it is October 1 of 2021 and not October 1 of 2022. But if these numbers don't change, and again, historically, the sitting president's first midterm, he loses seats. I think the only time that didn't happen was uh, George W. Bush because you had the 9-11 situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And really, that was the only reason that he didn't lose, because America was very united. You don't change horses in midstream kind of thing. But traditionally, historically, the, the, the sitting president loses some. But when your numbers are below 50 percent and Joe's are well below 50 percent, uh, you're in for a shellacking. That happened to Obama. Happened to Trump. Um, it is highly likely it's going to happen to Joe. Highly likely. You know, and I wonder... I mean, what is the what is the Democrat strategy? Is it to see what you can get past with this infrastructure bill? I mean, will they will they all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to put a lot of goodies in here for various districts to make people vote for? I mean, I don't know. You know, it's interesting because uh, Chris Salisa, who writes uh, a piece for CNN, writes the best news out of the poll is, again, that it's 2021, not 2022, which means that Biden and the Democrat-controlled Congress have time to turn his numbers around. And then goes on to say, likely by finding a way to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill and some sort of major budget proposal, although both those bills have an uncertain path forward at the moment. I think he's inferring to what you just talked about. But here's the thing. He's saying, well, boy, if you pass the infrastructure bill, that would really turn, you know, the hopes of you being reelected and, and, you know, holding the House and the Senate, you know, that that would be really good in your favor. I don't think so. I mean, I think the very reason that even contemplating trying to shove this thing through is why his numbers are so bad now. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons, too, but I don't think the infrastructure bill is something that people say, oh, my goodness, I hope this passes. I mean, they see inflation tied to it. They see taxes going up. It is, it ain't pretty, but you know the 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 American people that don't really dive into the details, they're not getting the truth about the infrastructure bill because generally, I mean, and all polls will tell you this: when you talk about infrastructure, most people 
think of roads and, and roads, airplanes. Yeah, it's, it's something that yeah. they can see and put their hands on or use. They're all for it. And I mean, you're not you're not the mainstream media or corporate media, as you like most people like to call it now. I mean, they're not over there saying anything. What's in this bill? outside of infrastructure they just keep calling it infrastructure infrastructure so suddenly everything is infrastructure well to your point and how you know people they they don't dive in for the details they they hear the passing comments on the mainstream media headline news biden comes out and tweets that his build back better plan cost zero dollars mm. <laughs> Our producer just said that's a lie. Yeah, you think? Uh, that's that new math. Well, and and you, you can expect. I mean, guys like Benny and I are going to rip the president on this, and a lot of Republicans did rip the president on this. I mean, three point five trillion package, and uh, and and then they want to have another one point five on top of that. But it was not just Republicans that ripped the president. Um. Stephanie Murphy, a Democrat from Florida, she says, I don't think we can afford everything unless something changes. I have no choice but to vote no on every subtitle in the bill on its final passage. In the midst of the Democrats infighting, Biden argued his social spending bill is an investment in working America and will cost nothing. And he actually, and again, I've said this before, but he constantly is saying, hey, pass this bill so we can keep inflation at bay. (laughs) Quote, my Build Back Better agenda costs $0, Biden tweeted on Saturday. Instead of wasting money on t- tax breaks, loopholes, and tax evasion for big corporations and the wealthy, we can make a once-in-a-generation investment in working America. It adds $0 to the national debt. Um, Representative Claudia Tenney, a Democrat from New York, th- this is the best line of all of them. She said, quote, I have to admit, I thought this was from a parody account when I first read it. (laughs) It was disturbing to see that it was actually from our president. He thinks he can spend an unprecedented $3.5 trillion and not add a penny to the debt. Who's in charge? Scary. Um, And again, comments like that go on and on and on. I I don't, I, you know, again, are, are, do, do, do some of these Democrats actually realize, okay, uh, if I if I vote for this, I'm I'm done, I'm toast, I'm screwed, and uh, I, I don't think it's a uh, I've got really you know I've ha- had a come come to Jesus experience, and I now I have strong convictions, and I gee I've suddenly become a conservative. Although it's amazing how conservatives even Democrats will sound when it comes time to run for office, but uh, once they get in there, they go right back to their liberal ways. Um, Tony- yeah, I, I like to joke about. <laughs> I like to joke about. Remember when we had that conservative president, Barack Obama? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he actually seems. Or like Jimmy a cons- Carter? Yeah, Look out, the good old days we had Jimmy Carter. I mean, Barack Obama actually seems like a conservative compared to this administration. Well, Jimmy Carter was happy that Obama became president because then he wasn't the worst president. Now Obama's happy that Biden's become president. Now he's not the worst president. How much? I mean, you know. I suppose if uh, we have Kamala Harris in there, Joe Biden will be happy about that because then he won't be the worst president. It gets worse and worse. A couple of tweets on the matter. Uh, Tony Schaefer tweeted, absolute lie. Build Back Better is code for gaining government control of means of production and energy. Pure communism. 
All taxes on corporations are passed on to the middle class and wealthy dodge them. Therefore, these taxes are going to impact the middle class. Seth Dillon tweeted, They say the borders close. Hunter's emails were Russian disinformation. We won't leave any Americans behind in Afghanistan. Reins are whips. Trillions of dollars equals zero. It's good to know the grown-ups are in charge now. <laughs> well said. Um, and then uh, you've got, uh, well, we've got to take a break. We're, we're behind time. But um, when we get back, the chant of 2021 continues. <laughs> <laughs> Loud and clear. You hear it everywhere. We'll talk about that when we get back. City. What's going on in my backyard? Things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. Hear everywhere else. For the local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff, you know. It let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news sources. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Cousin Eddie is infamous. They are singing... Well, they aren't singing his praises. <laughs> they are chanting his name. Uh, there's a four-letter word that goes before that. starts with F. Oh, my. Uh, it's not only in... Frank Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, is that four letters? Um, it's not only in football stadiums now, all over. Again, this last weekend, week four, and they're still chanting Joe's name with a word in front of that. Uh, but now, and, and I'd like to play some audio, but we'd lose our license. <laughs> but they're doing it at concerts. They're doing it. Um, oh, and by the way, um, there's actually a Wikipedia page for this slogan. Um, so if you want to find out more about it, you can. <laughs> there are flags you can buy. To fly. There are Christmas ornaments for sale. <laughs> I actually slogan know. On that. I actually know someone's got a flag. There is um, <laughs> at food courts. They're chanting it. They actually started chanting it at the Ryder Cup. Oh, that oh. surprised me. Oh, really? Yeah, that's in Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, you know they stole the Wisconsin election as well. I think so. Um, <laughs> there was a Luke Bryant concert. They started chanting it at the Luke Bryant concert. And uh, Luke Bryant started playing a guitar accompaniment to it. <laughs> a com- a, a, a company. Guitar player. Yeah. yeah. That's what oh, we're brother art thou. <laughs> Reference. Never mind. Um, I saw that film. I don't remember the line. <laughs> <laughs> Cue it up, Clark. <laughs> uh, anyway, Joe is... Uh, they're... they're Chanting your name, Joe. He wouldn't understand. Uh, now, this, this gets funnier or sadder. I don't know. Sunday night, Biden tweeted out, promising the American people, saying, quote, as a Biden, I will never raise your tax. I, I swear on the name of Biden. 
I promise you, as a Biden, I will never raise your taxes one cent for those making less than $400,000 a year. Yes, really. Well, right there he's lying because it's $400,000 per couple. Yeah, I, I just got, uh, matter of fact, I just got an email of uh, what came out of House Ways and Means um, last week. And <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> but but, but to, to swear on your name as a Biden. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, to, not much. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the guy that is the seal, serial plagiarizer. I mean, this guy, he had to, the first time he ran for president, he had to quit because they caught him plagiarizing. And it wasn't borrowing some ideas. It was borrowing somebody else's speech word for word. This is the same guy that said he wouldn't leave any Americans behind in Afghanistan, right? Yeah, same guy. That, I, he claims all these honorary degrees he has. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have them. I mean, he's... He's a he's a habitual liar, really. I mean, yeah, he he repeated those false claims about his buddy, his black buddy conductor on the Amtrak plane oh, train yeah, back yeah. and forth. He lied about that. I mean, he's lying about the Wuhan virus. I it just it's it's unbelievable that this guy. Well, he's been on the government dime for almost yeah. 50, fifty years, so I guess he's gotten pretty good at it, and sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you've seen people that they tell a lie so much they actually yeah. believe them. Yeah, he's, he's probably. And when you have the media that n- never questions you, you never really get in any significant trouble, and you continue to have your liberal pals kiss your butt, for lack of a better way to put it. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal is done. Fox News is reporting this afternoon. The four-time NBA champion, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, renounced his celebrity status in an interview with the New York Post. The seven-foot-one former L.A. Laker superstar, one of the most recognized athletes, is done with the glitz and glamour. These celebrities are going freaking crazy, and I don't want to be one. I denounce my celebrityness. Is that a word? My celebrityness today. I'm done with it. He told the New York Post, I don't want to be in this category. Celebrities are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this guy. I, I agree 100%. I, yeah. Don't call me that anymore. These people are out of their freaking mind. How many people treat what um, they're out of the freaking mind with how they treat people and what they do and what they say. That's never been me. I've never been wanted to look like that. I like Shaquille O'Neal. I do, too. He's, uh, I mean, he's put his money where his mouth is as far as uh, I mean, he's helped a lot of organizations over the years, and I mean, he's a he's a good example of a guy that you know he left college early, went to the NBA, but while he was in the NBA, he's actually got a PhD. He went back to school, got his master's, got his PhD. Um, he's and, a sheriff too. Yeah, he's a sheriff, and he's literally he's big time successful in the uh, Papa John and and in endorsement world in general. Oh yeah, I mean, he, oh, yeah. but but he's oh, talented. Yeah. You see him on yeah. commercial, he's, oh, funny. Yeah. he's yeah. funny. He's good. He's good. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. A federal judge this afternoon agreed to an unconditional release next year of John Hinckley Jr., the man who tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan back in 81. It's hard to believe it's been 40 years ago. Wow. Mm. Um, 40 years so he can be released next year if he remains mentally stable and continues to comply with the conditions of his current release order. Isn't that a little odd that you say, oh, yeah, you can get out if 
you continue to be mentally stable. I mean, it seems to me you would wait until, okay, this guy is mentally stable. Mm. I, I just, just saying. If he hadn't tried to kill the president, he would have been unconditionally released a long time ago, said Judge Paul Friedman, according to the Associated Press. But everybody is comfortable now that all of the studies, all the analysis, and all the interviews, and all the experience with Mr. Hinckley. Since Mr. Hinckley moved to Williamsburg, Virginia, from a Washington hospital in 2016, court-imposed restrictions have required doctors and therapists to oversee his psychiatric medication and therapy. He has been barred from having a gun. That's probably a good choice. He can't contact the Reagan children, other victims, or other families, or actress Jodie Foster, who he was obsessed with at the time of the 1981 shooting. That's right. That was, uh, what was that? Um, taxi driver. Taxi driver, yeah. 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 Robert De Niro. Yeah. And- yeah. Friedman and Hinckley now 66 has displayed no, I'm sorry, Friedman said Hinckley now 66 has displayed no symptoms of active mental illness nor violent behavior. He's actually been out with his, I think, living with his mom I think in so. Williamsburg mm-hmm. for several years now. So, Someone mentioned that he was on Instagram, uh, Instagramming music. But. Yeah, he released, uh, that's, that's exactly right, he released some kind of song that was, you know. Yeah, I haven't checked it out. He yeah. performed it? Hinkley performed I it? I think so. That's interesting. Well, um, I wonder what the lyrics were. The Federalist is reporting a group of parents in northeastern Indiana have reached their breaking point. They're suing the Republican governor of Indiana. What's the guy's name? Holcomb, I think it is. I think so. Yeah, Holcomb. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just sick of the fact that that you, you look at these football stadiums. They're full of fans, no masks. They don't know whether they got the vaccination or not. And, I, and look, I, I'm not I'm not knocking that. I think that's fine. But at the same time you've got that going on, you've got students that in Indiana are forced to wear a mask, and if they've come in contact with anyone that tests positive, they've got a quarantine for two weeks, even though they're perfectly healthy. It's uh, And the parents are just saying, you know, we've, we've had enough. They're suing the governor. They're just saying, uh, look, you have... He, like the governor of North Carolina, he's got these emergency powers for 30 days. He's extended them now 17 times. Mm. Um, and this guy's a Republican. so uh, The key is he didn't want to stand up to the Notre Dame football lobby is that what it is? in Indiana. <laughs> but he will put the kids through, through heck. Unbelievable. Hey, listen, uh, have a great night. Stay safe. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.